Hello everyone and welcome back to Player Profile and Projections. We've got another combo episode for you. One of my favorite snacks is a combo, by the way. I just thought I Ooh, should say. Ooh, what's your combo? What's Pe pepperoni pizza? Well, but what's the what's the outside? Well, the outside is the pretzel of the well, combo. Well, that's not always. It could be a cracker. That's true. That's that's a good point. I would go with the pretzel. I'm with you. Anyways, we're talking about baseball players. Also my favorite combo. <laughs> we got Darren Ruff and Tommy Pham, the all-star studded duo that we've been waiting a special time to talk about, for sure. Yeah, I think Tommy Pham was a surprise signing by most folks. Definitely a surprise. Yeah, uh, and then Darren Ruff was the big trade acquisition that just did not work out at all for the Mets. Maybe yeah. maybe the worst trade acquisition in recent memory because he was counted on to do so much, especially against left-handed pitching, and he hit a buck 52 for the Mets uh, slugged a buck ninety-seven, which means he did. He had three doubles, yeah, in seventy-four plate appearances. It was not pretty. Not pretty. It was, for lack of a better word, rough. Nice. Yeah, I did that. I you did just that. coined that. That was great. It's tough, especially when you consider how much the Mets gave up to get this year and a half of Darren Ruff. They gave up J.D. Davis, who had been with the club. For a while, and I think that a, a severance of ties might have been necessary for both sides there. J.D. went on to have a great second half for the yeah. San Francisco Giants. They needed J.D. to be the average him, and he wasn't doing it in a Mets uniform. And it was a mutual parting of ways, a, a greener pastures uh, kind of a situation. And he went, and it was really hard to watch yeah. because he was doing everything we wanted him to do. And then Ruff was giving you uh, a buck ninety-seven slugging percentage. Yeah, it was J.D. Davis, Thomas Zapucky, who actually became a pretty decent bullpen piece for them, and then two pitching prospects. So the pressure was kind of put on Ruff from the get-go, and it makes sense, like what the Mets saw in him initially, because in 2021, when the Giants had that miracle 107-win team, they kept the Dodgers behind them for the whole season. Darren Ruff was a massive piece of that team. He had a 904 OPS, a 143 OPS plus as a platoon player, which is the exact role that he was going to fill for the Mets. Just go out there and crush lefty fastballs as much as you can. There just wasn't that much crushing. Yeah, then part of the reason why they had to give up so much is because they had this year and they have a team option for next year on his yeah. contract, and it's a very low contract. It's a two-year, six-and-a-quarter million. Right. Um, as a platoon guy, that seems fair. He's also going to be 36 this year, which yeah. is a little bit. But, again, he has these numbers in him. Sometimes it, it goes away for a while, then it gets compounded because the team's putting pressure on you. You're putting pressure on yourself. We've seen it a million times. He's 36 already. He's going to turn 37 this year. It's interesting. It's a, it's, it's a how long they're counting on him. Yes. They're still saying this is our guy, this is our right-handed uh, DH guy or right-handed option. It's it's how long is that leash going to be yeah. if it's much the same as last year, or even if it's like a sub production what they thought they were going to get. Right, and I mean, in terms of the contract that you mentioned, the scope of that is great if you're getting the 2021 version or even something a little bit less from that version because. If you have a righty guy that can crush lefties for like an 800 OPS, yes, I would take two years, 6.5 million, whatever the number is. It's just when you get the 20 OPS plus guy, the guy that didn't hit a home run in the entire second half for the Mets, that version of Darren Ruff, although he did throw two shutout innings against the Braves, we, don't, we can't forget <laughs> about that. That's important. That was the highlight. The first two-way player ever, actually. 
Uh, on the year in 2022, Ruff had 119 games, 12 doubles, 11 home runs. All of those came with the Giants. A 204 average, 307 on base. The alarming thing, of course, is the 338 slug, well below his career mark, well below the kind of production that Darren Ruff is supposed to bring you. And that all allotted to an 89 weighted runs created plus and negative war on the season. But this is a guy that the Mets are going to have to stick by because they gave up a lot to get him. And they at least have to see it through for at least, you know, maybe the first month of the season and go from there. I don't really know what the plan is. It feels similar to the Robbie Cano kind of situation. Yeah. Like he's going to get some playing time. They're like, do we, can we get anything more out of the value of this guy? And if so, you know, again, this, he's a lot easier to root for. He handled yeah. himself well. He didn't complain. He didn't make excuses. It was just really hard to watch. And it was like uh, you, you see somebody just melting down, and it's, it was tough. It's a it's the car crash you can't look away from, and yep. it's unfortunate because Darren Ruff, the human being, from all accounts, is a very good teammate, a very likable guy, and someone that could succeed in New York maybe in the second go around. The biggest thing for him was off speed pitches, and uh, uh, against fastballs, he was a two thirty one hitter. It's not great, but that's something you can work with. Against breaking balls, it was a one oh eight batting average on the year. If you twirled him a curveball or a slider, he was toast. So Darren Ruff, that's got to be what he was working on all season long. I hope. And hopefully he comes into this season with a little bit of a better approach. Yeah, I guarantee you he worked hard in the offseason. He showed up feeling better, feeling ready. Um, if he's got it, I, hopefully it comes out. And if, if not, I'm not sure how long they're going to they're gonna hold on to that. Well, Steamer does have him projected as an above-league average hitter this year, which I found a little shocking, but the sample size is far less, and maybe that's the reason why. He's going to play in 31 games, according to their projections, 130 plate appearances, five doubles, four home runs, a two twenty one average, a stolen base, which I like. I'm where he's that's going to come from. He's got six career. on his he's career. Like, he's like uh, sneaky. Yeah, he's like Pete because he's got six and he that's got right. caught once. And I, I jinxed that for us. That's my bad. I jinxed his streak. A uh, three fourteen on base, a three eighty four slugging, so it's going to go up, but not really to the level you want it to. But that all comes out to a one hundred five weighted runs created plus. I'm not sure this is what the Mets would be happy with, but it's definitely better than what we had last year. So this projection uh, is somewhere where I feel uh, I agree with Steamer because they okay. have him about a month long. He's got zero pop because of that slugging percentage, and the Mets move on. That's what it feels like uh, their projections are. Yeah, and I mean, he is 36 years old, so what exactly can change at this point in his career? I'm not sure what the Giants figured out with their voodoo magic in 2021, but clearly something 2022, clicked. he was good for them in the 2020 shortened season. He hit slug uh, 904. Yeah, or 887 in 2020, 904 in 2021. So it was a big sample size. It feels like they figured it out. He started last year with the Giants, and it was at 701, which is like not ideal, yeah. but still well below what he was giving them before. And then it was just from there gone. Yeah, and for all the depth that the Mets have in their bullpen right now and their starting rotation, there's not as much competition, I think, breathing down the neck of Darren Ruff. You have Brett Beatty. Mark Vientos. Mark Vientos is probably the most likely guy that would want to come up and take that spot. We've seen him playing a lot of first base, so maybe there's an outlet there. But for Darren Ruff, I do think the Robbie Cano comparison that you brought up is really, really accurate. The Mets are going to have to give this guy a chance. Otherwise, it's complete dead weight that you're cutting off after giving up four people and only letting him go for a half a season. Whether it's a month or hopefully not three months, or maybe things just click for Darren Ruff immediately, I think Mark Vientos is the guy to look out for the, for who could possibly fill this role. 
But at the same time, the Mets also made kind of a surprising signing, in my opinion, when they brought in Tommy Pham. It's basically their last signing of the offseason. I don't know if he's the righty DH, but he's definitely a guy off the bench that is going to be a right-handed hitter that hopefully the Mets can get something out of the season. Yeah, I agree. Again, it was a, a shock. Yeah. Um, surprise signing, and he is also a little bit older than than your normal. He's, he's 35. Yeah, he's going to be 35 this year, so this is easily the oldest team in the league. Old men Mets. <laughs> On both man. sides of the ball, they're the old men Mets. Yeah, the, uh, the pitching, starting pitching, relief pitching. Like, uh, as an old guy myself, I'm for it. But uh, Tommy Pham, yeah, it was interesting. What role is he going to play? It, it feels like, to me, a little bit of insurance. He feels like a good bench piece. He's going to need to get his at-bats because yeah. that's a guy you're going to keep. He's going to want to have some plate appearances. He was an excellent, excellent uh, player for the Tampa Bay Rays. Right. Um, and then he kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, had a decent season in 2021 with the Padres. Went over to Cincinnati. Didn't really do much in that ballpark. Which was Got, shocking to me because that felt like a good fit. Yeah, it did it, because that, that's the great American small park. It's, right. a, it's a place to drive the ball, and it just didn't work there, and he got traded to Boston, and it was much the same. You know, uh, below average OPS plus of 88 to start the year, 86 in Boston. So yeah. not great. Not great. Another and reclamation possibility. Exactly. It's a reclamation project, especially considering the, the price tag of the contract and the role that fam will feasibly be filling as this fourth outfielder to hopefully keep McNeil at second base, although who knows what the plan is there. But yeah, last year, 144 games on the year, 17 home runs, which you kind of like to see. Uh, Fam has always been an on-base kind of guy. He has a 354 career on base, but last year he was at a 312 clip and more on par with his slugging, so that caused the OPS plus numbers to come all the way down. But you look at his baseball reference, Tommy Fam has had some really, really good years in this league. As recently as 2019 was that Rays year that you mentioned where he hit 21 home runs, had a 120 OPS plus. 2021, it's not anything to write home about, but a 103 OPS plus out of a guy that kind of fills a bench role. I think he was starting a little bit more for them and 15 home runs. I mean, if the Mets can get that level of production for what they're paying him, I think they're happy campers. It's just I don't see that avenue because Fan will be 35. You know, he's coming off the worst full season of his career, and it's going to be the first real time where he's not going to be an everyday starter, and I'm very curious to see how he adjusts uh, to that role, but... I don't yeah, know. they talked about he's going to get some at-bats, and it's interesting. They only have so many to go around, but yeah. um, they see something. He hit the ball. His average exit velocity was like up in league league average, like he was above average on doing that, so he's hitting the ball hard. Maybe they think the banning of the shift is going to help him. I'm mm -hmm. not sure, but I think they spotted something. Maybe he's on a lull, and they, they see something. But they traded for him. They like his versatility. They like the fact that, that he hits the ball hard. Uh, we'll see. You know, his stats last year don't jump off the page, but 17 home runs it would be nice. But that's in 622 play appearances, yeah. which I don't see him approaching. I don't see him getting that run either. He does come with kind of some negative baggage with the circulation of the fantasy football thing from last year. Who knows how that bleeds into this year. But the Mets have, you know, a good clubhouse vibe going. Hopefully he can kind of assimilate himself into that at the very least. But, yeah, man, I mean, he didn't get injured much the last two years, which you like to see. He's been mostly healthy and playing a decent left field. He used to be a center fielder and played it pretty well there, so he's still got a decent glove. But I'm not sure what really to expect out of either of these guys. I'm setting my expectations low, and I'm thinking that if I get anything, I'll be a happy camper out of Darren Ruff and Tommy Pham. Uh, happy camper. You're yeah. big into camping? I'm big into camping. Okay, cool. I'll get that out, out yeah, there in man. the mountains. 
the steamer projections have him at 86 games, 378 plate appearances. So, but that's 14 doubles, 10 homers, 38 RBI. That's a slugging of 367 and a weighted runs created plus of 99. So just under league average. Again, steamer doesn't love him, and they don't see him getting a ton of playing time. And it, I, I see Mark Vientos picking it at first base. I see Brett Beatty lighting it up early in spring training, and. It makes me want to see those guys immediately. I know they, they probably need their seasoning. They need their time down in AAA, but they don't get me. They get me more excited than this duo does for sure. I, I, I get the value of veteran talent, but in, on an old man Mets team, I'd love to see the infusion of youth talent sooner rather than later. And if these guys don't produce, we could see that very, very soon in the yeah. 2023 season. This feels a little bit like, and I could be wrong, these guys are going to get the early chance to prove us wrong. Yep and be those guys that they wanted to be or they, they've been in the past or that they were traded or signed to be. Uh, but again, with, with the, the stars that you see coming up, the, the young bucks on an old Mets team, yep. um, yeah, you feel like it's a placeholder. And, and a lot of people are hoping uh, sooner than later that we get to see those young names. Yeah, and it's the best-case scenario to see guys like McGill and Peterson and Beatty and Vientos all hang out at AAA while everything works out at the major league level. But you can't bank on that, and I don't think it's going to happen. Who gets the first call? I don't really know, but we've seen Tommy Pham produce at a high level in the past. I mean, uh, Dalton has this great note. In 2017, he became the first Cardinals batter since 1900 with a 300 average, 20 home runs, 20 doubles, and 20 stolen bases in a season, which is a crazy line. Do I think he's going to put that up? No, but I definitely he, wanted to shout that out. He finished 11th in MVP. That's crazy, that and that was yeah. you know not that long ago, so maybe there is something in the tank, but I don't see it right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. I don't see him getting the opportunity to do that either. Yeah. But I think uh, as a fourth outfielder, as somebody off the bench, he can be. He can find a really good role to help out this ball club. You want to do our over-unders? I do. Yeah, let's go with uh, roughs first. So the over-under of OPS plus of 100. Is he a league average hitter, above or below? It's a good question because Darren Ruff has been well above average in the recent past, and he was well below average in the recent past as well. So what side of the coin are we going to be on? Will he find the power stroke? Will he be able to hit curveballs? Um, I'm going to take the under, uh, which you know should feel easier for me. I, I want it to work because I, I really liked the acquisition of him. I, did, I never loved how much we gave up in the trade, but I did feel like it was something that could work. I think that we're past that point, and the Mets might need to look somewhere else for this option at ready DH. I have all the confidence in the world in Dan Vogelback. I don't share the same confidence for Darren Ruff. I'm going to take the under on him being a league average hitter. Hmm. I think this is a tricky one because of what Steamer has projected is a 384 slug. Yeah. Which is unacceptable for your right-handed DH. Can't have But it. he's a 105 weighted runs created plus type of player yeah so you can get there in a small sample size but I too am going to take the under yeah I think his time may have uh may have been in the or his best times have been in the past and I don't think the Mets leash will be very long though they'll, they'll I don't think he'll get the the length that he might he might go to another team and and, and raise that up yeah but um or he might say, I am the guy. I am the man you traded for. I'm going to take over this role, and I hope that is. Again, best-case scenario, he dominates. So Yeah, it would be nice to see because then I think a lot of the uh, the worrisome things about Billy Upler's trade deadline last year would be kind of rectified if Darren Ruff came out and had a great start to the season. Also, 
It gives Vientos the time he needs to maybe get a more versatile glove. Brett Beatty gets some more seasoning with AAA pitching, although he looks great so far. So it would be the best-case scenario for the Mets. And I think Darren Ruff, the human, I think Mets fans would really come to embrace because any guy who kind of has that underdog notion to him becomes very easy to root for once he starts to excel at the things that we know he can do. It's just a matter of can he still do it at 36 years old, which I don't know. We'll find out. I really don't know. Uh, for fam, I found this line pretty interesting from our guy Max. He has it at over under 109.5 games. Does Tommy Fam get 110 games of run during the 2023 season? What do you got? Well, I think the plan is for him to get this. I think, honestly, they're going to try to rotate him in. They're talking about it. He's going to get his plate appearances. Um, Steamer doesn't believe that this is going to happen. And... I don't believe this is going to happen either. I don't think that they're going to give him the pinch hit opportunities or uh, the starts to do this. And I could be wrong. I could see a scenario where this does happen, where he becomes that guy off the bench. But I see too many opportunities for Giorme to get out there mm. against a, a righty and then go play some defense, things like that. And I don't think his, he's upgrading a ton defensively in the outfield. I think Canna holds his own. Yeah. Marte and Nemo obviously are established. McNeil's going to be out there. Um, so I don't think he reaches that. So I'm going to take the under on that. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird because I feel the same way, but you look at every full season FAM has had since 2017. It's been 128 games, 137, 145, 155, 144. So every full season since that mark five years ago, he's been well over this 109.5 mark. But the Mets, in my opinion, are in a bad spot if Tommy Pham is getting this much run. His role is the fourth outfielder, and he can excel at it if things go well. I don't see him getting that much run, whether it's through pinch hits or getting the starts against lefties. I think Tommy Pham brings a decent glove to the field and a decent bat to the field, and that's kind of all they need him to be. I don't think he's the everyday starter in this team, and I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I just don't see a scenario where he... If they call up one of the young guys, if if Ruff isn't that guy, yeah. I'm not sure they're going to hand the job to, exactly. to, to Tommy Pham to yeah. where he gets those starts every day against the righties or against the lefties. The plan, no. I don't think so either, and that's that's where you have a Vientos ready to go. Again, I can see a scenario where it does go, but when I do the math, I don't think the at-bats or the games played are going to be there. And that's the important thing, because if the Mets' plan was, if Ruff doesn't work out, give it to Vientos, that would put a lot of pressure on him. And I think having Tommy Pham as just another option that can be there is a beneficial thing to have on their bench, which has become a pretty good bench. A very, very good player to have uh, on the bench, a pinch hit, a, a you know, go play some defense. Whatever the case may be, he's a he's a known quantity. He's a heck of a player for a long time, and he's still probably got some juice left in that bat. And maybe something will click. But I think that's all I got on our guys, Fam and Ruff. Guys, thank you for watching. Ryan, hit that music. Guys, we will see you tomorrow for another episode of Player Profile and Projections. But until then, I'm Jerry. This is Jolly from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Let's, Let's go, go Mets. Kind of in sync there. That was pretty good. <laughs> Not 10 Cloverfield Lane. Lying to the people. They don't know that. That's true. Well, you what? gave away our address, and they're going to find us. Oh, that's uh, I'm in for a rude awakening because that's some scary stuff happening Sign there. some out autographs, I guess. I don't know. <laughs>